7 that talks about how we potentially as a country could be, uh, or we are right now in a crisis, but it could get worse. You say, my Lord, what could happen to make it worse? Well, definitely I don't want to preach anything and, and desire for it to come true. But I know many of you are listening to the news each and every day, and we can't help but politically and, uh, and, and in many ways economically see this country unraveling before our very eyes. It was President Ronald Reagan once said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it down to our children in the bloodstream. We had to fight for it. We protected it, and we handed on down to our kids to do the same. You see, the problem that what we hold dear is no longer being esteemed. The values we once thought and felt important are no longer being respected. It all has to do with the powers that be. And those who hold the power and those who are in authority are making decisions that are affecting our nation for many generations to come. Some of you can see that, and uh, you know what I'm talking about. You see, the problem can be seen in the gradual eroding of the form of government. We're becoming a government no longer by the people or for the people, but rather a government run by autocrats. You say, well, what, the, what is an autocrat? An autocrat is a ruler who has absolute behavior of dictatorship, wanting to exercise their power over the people. What does all this mean? Well, it simply means that the price of everything cheap's going up while the value of everything sacred's going down. I believe with all my heart that we had to come and go through what we're going through, and I'm not going to say that uh, heaven doesn't know about this, but we needed a wake-up call. You needed to see what the truth was. You've been hearing about draining the swamp, but now you see the swamp. Now you see the difficulty in our country. But what we really need is leaders like Moses who will be determined to obey God no matter what. We need generals like Joshua who knew God and could pray and shout things to pass rather than blow them to pieces with the nuclear weapons. We need politicians like Joseph who walked with God and sought his will for all policies. Preachers like Peter who had the courage to, to look at people in the eye and say, repent or perish. Mothers like Anna who would pray for their children and give them to God rather than become delinquent mothers of delinquent children. Physicians like Luke who would not only care for the physical needs and treat human life both in and out of the womb as something as a sacred trust. We need a God like Israel's, not the man or the old man upstairs, but thrice holy God who blesses holiness and curses sinfulness. We need a Savior like Jesus who can save anyone at any time, at any place, including the entire world, if they would turn to him. You see, in America, if America doesn't turn to Jesus, then I promise you what you look and see in the mirror in the future, and you're not going to like what you see. America reminds me of the man who jumped off the Empire State Building, and as he passed the 24th floor, somebody heard him say, well, everything's going along pretty well so far. Unfortunately, in America, not things are not going on pretty well. We're falling apart morally. We're falling apart spiritually. And you say, well, is there any hope? Well, long as there's a God in heaven, 
and an Old Testament passage that says, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin and definitely heal their land. I personally believe that what we're seeing in our day is in the, and we're in the midst of what is called a wake-up call. You say, well, what do you mean? I'm saying that there is that possibility, and we've seen it before, where history repeats itself. You say, what's that mean? Well, if you haven't looked, in the end of April, we're $24.22 trillion in debt. Now, first of all, you and I don't understand that. That's why we can sleep at night. But I promise you, if you and your budget at home are spending way more money than you're bringing in, all of a sudden that $24 trillion will come to a reality in your own home. We're hearing that all over the United States where governors and, and different mayors are standing up and telling people they, can't, they don't have the right to earn a living anymore and they have to obey their authority. Well, unfortunately, when it comes to a country where we keep the abortion clinics open and we keep the liquor stores open and we say those are essential but churches are not, I would say we're spiritually out of whack. We have a great, we have great reason to be unhappy in our nation for the laws and our moral climate, our spiritual hypocrisy and apathy that declare us presently as a nation who declares their God based on their wants and their values and only there are no wrongs except that which is politically correct and we don't ever know what political correctness is. It changes like the wind. You say, Mike, could you, do you really believe, if you've lost your mind, do you, don't you think we're a more educated group of people that we possibly could repeat our past? Absolutely not. We're as dumb now as we've been since the very foundation of the world. And it is Joseph that we see this example where he prevented a nation from descending into starvation and anarchy by bringing in what we hear and understand and know as governmental control. You and I are seeing it before our very eyes, people being arrested that just simply want to go to work. We're seeing churches where people are sued because they want to worship. We're seeing all this before our very eyes and we're saying, well, we live in a state like Georgia that opened up early and thank God for that. We have a Christian uh, mayor, Steve Horton, who hadn't put demands on us and, and hadn't made it impossible for you and I to experience freedom, but that's not the way it is all over America. For you see, we possibly could go, and, and in one day this country is going to go to a point to where the government will have and control everything. I want you to see this for your very eyes because this happened in Egypt when God's people were in bondage in Egypt under the leadership, second in command, Joseph under the Pharaoh. In Genesis 47, verse 15, it says, When the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money, they came crying to Joseph for food. We see here a situation where the rich had been eliminated and there were no poor. Everybody was on the same level. Every dime had been brought under control of the throne. They suddenly faced a crisis where Things like money and possessions and land and power meant nothing. Now, I know that today, where you and I live, that that's not the case. 
But I'm sharing with you there's coming a time in the future where it will be. For you see, what good is money when there's no to buy things with if there's no food? We found this out with the food ministry. We've been trying to buy bulk like we have before. We can't do that anymore because there's not enough food right now for those to sell us in bulk. What good are land's power and stuff when we're starving to death? You say, well, Mike, I'm not starving to death. No, I'm not talking about the way you're living now. I'm talking about a time coming in the future. And uh, we're seeing some of the, the tremors of it right before our very eyes throughout our own land where they, we too can face what Joseph faced. See, Joseph, Joseph not only took the control of their pocketbooks, but in, uh, in verse 16, we see that Joseph took control of their possessions. Joseph replied, since your money's gone, give me your livestock and I'll give you food in exchange. Verse 17 says, so they gave their livestock to Joseph in exchange for food. Soon all of the horses and flocks and herds and donkeys of Egypt were in the Pharaoh's possession. But at least they were able to purchase food for that year. You might as well say, even though sometimes it's hard for us to see a crisis, well, you know, when we consider the fact that, you know, Johnny, his brother, just lost a 28-year-old son, Landon, last week, just killed over died, and died, that is a crisis. When we think about many other things, I was looking at Stella and talking to her this morning. I said, Stella, what is a crisis? She says, well, I know what it is, but I don't know how to explain it. I said, well, let me ask you this. If all of a sudden the government shut down the Internet across this land completely and you couldn't go on online and play your games, would that be a crisis? She said, oh, my goodness, I couldn't handle that. For you see, a crisis can be a negative thing, but it also can be a positive thing. A crisis can help you and I and give us the power to rethink the most important things in our lives. And some of you have been doing that. Some of you have possibly been more connected to your family than you've ever been connected before. Maybe more connected to God or maybe more connected to an appreciation of your own job. A crisis of life doesn't make us, but they do have the power to reveal what you and I are made of. When hard times come, we'll find out what truly matters in life. You may have even taken the opportunity to consider what your priorities are. Is, number one, your priority your faith? Is it your belief and your relationship with Jesus? Well, I hope it is. But then second of all, it should be your family. And yet all throughout this land, it seems like that families are suffering because dad is not home or mom's at work or something else is going on and other people are put in their place. And then the essential of food and water. See, most of you have your food and water right now. You don't understand the, the crisis of that right now, like many or some in our country as we speak. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, anyone who listens to my teachings and obeys me is wise, like a person who builds a house on the solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floods waters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's been built on the rock. I hope and pray that you've taken this time. This is a precious time 
a valuable time for you and I to consider our houses being built on the rock. Are they being built on the rock of ages, Jesus Christ? Well, the third thing we see that Jesus or that Joseph took control of was their property. Look at verse 18. Our money's gone. Our livestock is yours. We have nothing left but our bodies and our land. One day in this great land, everybody at one time will say, we don't own anything anymore. The government owns it all. You say, Mike, what, what verse are you talking about? Well, I'll read it to you in just a little bit. In verse 19, he says, buy it. the people said, buy us and our land in exchange for food. We will then become your servants and slaves to the Pharaoh. Joseph bought all the land of Egypt, the Pharaoh. All the people, verse 21, of Egypt became the government slaves. You say, Mike, has our country ever faced such a catastrophe? Yes, it has. Well, when, was it, when did that take place? In 1929 through 1939, this, in America and across this global, global economy, hit what they called the Great Depression. The Bible tell, or the history tells us during this time that 25% of the jobs, there, were, uh, there was unemployment, 5,000 banks disappeared, the uh, stock market crashed, and people were in a major crisis. They were in major trouble. You see, it's Thomas Jefferson, or, or excuse me, it's, it's uh, Gerald Ford who wrote this about our government. Any government big enough to give you everything you want is also big enough to take everything you have away. Understand, understand this, that there are people right now saying the, that the only solution to our problem is bigger government. That what we need is more government. It was the third president of the United States. There goes my water. Bye-bye. Of, of this country, Thomas Jefferson, who said, the government that governs least governs best. In case you haven't got this yet, bigger government doesn't mean bailing us out of problems. It means increasing our problems. Some of us say that Americans' only solution is more taxes, higher taxes. I hope that you're not amen in that. I hope that you don't agree with that. I think we're taxed well enough. If you make an income of $50,000 a year without considering your deductions, you can take home $37,500 of that. The government's going to get $12,500. And yet they take our money and we're $24 trillion in debt. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just say what I'm saying. You and I... If we, if we spend more than we take in monthly, I hope you know that that is a financial boo-boo. That's a financial mistake. And we're in great, great trouble when it comes to finances in, the, in this world and in our government. Well, I don't see that the government is the solution to our problem, yet there are those who believe that really what will handle our problems is buy more gold. I know you've heard this Buy gold, invest in gold. Let me tell you something. More money is not going to solve our problems. The answer to man's problem is not money. The answer to man's 
problem is being able to take that money and spend it responsibly with accountability and balance the budget. You see, the only real solution that we have in this country is it's not the government, it's not gold, but it's God. And one thing I know is for sure that when God stood before this, this world and looked at Noah and said, Noah, I want you to build a boat. And as you build that boat, I want you to know there's coming a time that I'm going to bring flood water on this land. And I'm going to flood it and destroy everybody that doesn't follow me. Well, there's a lot of uncertainty in this life, but I'm telling you right now, that is great certainty. That took place historically. It's proven. When God spoke to Sodom and Gomorrah, he said that if I can find 50 righteous, 20 righteous, if I could just find 10 righteous, I'll save the city. But he couldn't find even 10. And he told Lot to get his family and take him out of Sodom and Gomorrah, that he was going to destroy it. What's certain is that he did that. Well, let me share with you a, a scripture of a future that is very certain. There's coming a day when you'll be able, when you, and you may be here, I hope we're not, I hope we're not, but uh, depends on what theological perspective you take. But where there'll be a time where we'll throw our money and toss our money out in the streets like worthless trash. This is Ezekiel 7, 19. It won't buy their deliverance in that day of the Lord's anger. It will neither satisfy nor feed them. For the love of money made them stumble into sin. You see, God and His Word said there's only one way that we're going to get right. If my people, you say, well, who is that? Well, I hope that's you. I hope I'm speaking to people that are blood-bought. hope I'm speaking to people who know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. My people who are called by my name. What name is that? King James says Jehovah. The personal name, actually more personal than Jehovah, is Yahweh. You see, if my people who are called by my name, who stick up and stand up like many of the prophets of old for God, will humble themselves. You see, it's not pride that gets us out of this mess. It's humbleness. It's being willing to help other people in time of need. It's being willing to, to, to admit that you don't know it all and uh, that there is a God involved in your life and mine. We're to humble ourselves and pray. I hope some of you are beginning to pray a little bit more, but I tell you, if you end up in this situation that I read to you, and I pray that uh, it doesn't happen anytime soon, but if we find ourselves in that kind of case, I promise you one thing you will do is pray. And seek my face and turn from my wicked ways then God says, I will hear from heaven, and I'll forgive your sin, and I will heal your land. I believe we'll all agree that our land needs healing. And that, that healing will only come through Jesus Christ. My prayer to you as you leave this place and as you have your time together in uh, Memorial Day weekend and holiday is realize that the only answer to our trouble is not bigger government. It's not more money. It's what God wants you and I to do. And, and he's put us here, no matter whether it's, Paul said, no matter whether we're 
being blessed or we're in great burden. You and I are to be a conviction and a commitment, and we're to be a testimony to a world that needs to see something that's real, that's not shifting around or uncertain, but that's very positive and very knowledgeable and through the Word of God. My prayer for you is have a good weekend, a safe weekend, and remember, you always have that opportunity to let God use you to share Jesus to a world right now that's all messed up. And it's not probably going to get, when it comes to spiritual things, it's not going to look like it's going to get any better. Don't hold your tongue. You know, honk if you love Jesus and let, and let people know how I, that we, you and I have a Savior that loves us very much. Father, I thank you. For these that have taken their time to come and be a part of this today. And I thank you that we have a building that's paid for. And that next week we'll be able to come in and, and enjoy air conditioning and sit down. And, and Lord, but I pray that we don't take that for granted. Let us see this opportunity as a time we'll never forget. It'll be a time of history etched in our brain that we went through a crisis. And maybe we weren't personally affected. And maybe, you, maybe we don't know anybody that had the virus. But we know when we see across this land, there are people who are in trouble. And they're fighting for their very existence. And we, Lord, we need to, we need to pray for them and, and pray for one another that we continually stand strong when strong armed government's coming against us. Thank you for Jesus. And I pray that Jesus go well in the hearts of those that are here as they leave this place safely to their respected homes is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.